Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Total Athlete Podcast. Today, Tom and I are joined by Matt James of Jack Gymnastics. Hi, Matt. Hi. So, we're going to talk about Jack. Um, what's your background? Where's Jack come from? All that kind of jazz. So, what is your background? How did you get into gymnastics? Yeah, sure. So, um, growing up, I was a gymnast, obviously. Um, I was in the GB National Squad for several years. Um, I stopped doing gymnastics when I was around 16. Um, kind of different reasons, but I decided to stop competing. And then shortly after, I stopped training. Um, and I tried a few different things, kind of other sports. Um, and I actually started working for a bank. I thought that's what I wanted to do, which I didn't. But uh, <laughs> I thought I did at the time. So bad. I thought it was a good decision. Um, I kind of stuck that out for quite a few years. And then the last two or three years, I started doing CrossFit. Um, just kind of myself, just to kind of compete a bit and stay fit, try something different. And that's when I started getting back into the gymnastics side of things. Um, although the two are obviously very different in terms of artistic gymnastics mm -hmm. and CrossFit spe specific gymnastics. Um, but that's when I started to really get back into things and start coaching CrossFit gymnastics as such. Um, in terms of Jack Gymnastics, I set that up in June or May, June last year. Right. Um, so it's not been going that long actually, which is cool. kind of nice in a way because it seems to have built up pretty quick, much yeah. quicker than yeah. I expected, yeah. um, which is nice. Yeah, so in terms of what it does, it really it's for gymnastics, strength and conditioning, um, and then kind of basic skill gymnastics that specialises in the CrossFit side of things. Yeah. Um, so you run seminars across Europe mainly, um, and do programming and coaching for competitive athletes. Sick. What um, what sort of inspired uh, Jack Gymnastics? Sort of like what made you think about starting it up? Like obviously you were coaching. Uh, was it CM2? At CM2, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think. Well, in terms of the name, actually, so maybe I'll explain that as well because lots yeah. of people ask about the name. Yeah. Um, it's Sick not because man. I think I'm jacked or anything like that, <laughs> which I think is what a lot of people think, but um, it really isn't. So the reason was basically because I kind of like the idea of like big, strong guys trying to do basic gymnastics strength movements, so to speak, because um, obviously it does make a difference being bigger and heavier. Um, I think lots of people use it as an excuse too much, but yeah. it does make a difference, um, and I kind of like the idea of that. So... I was kind of thinking about, like if you were to go on Instagram as an example and search for someone doing a shadow planche, which would be like reasonably impressive, lots of people can't do it. Yeah. Um, but they'd all be kind of small guys, usually gymnasts or calisthenics experts that were doing it probably weighing yeah. about 70 kilos. Yeah. Um, but again, I kind of like the idea of people doing weightlifting and doing strength stuff with a barbell and then trying to do gymnastics at the same time, which is kind of what people in CrossFit are trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the premise of where the name came on and Jack where I started. Jack guys being able to do solid exactly. gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, so you say you started off doing the artistic side. Yeah. Um, how quickly could you transition into CrossFit from doing that? Yeah, very quickly, to yeah. be honest. Um, I think it's that they're very different in a lot of ways. Obviously on the surface, people understand that they're very different because they just look so different. Um, but fundamentally, there's lots of different things and maybe we can go into that in a bit more detail. Um, mm. But in terms of transitioning, it was fairly easy. I think if you've done artistic gymnastics, you have a good base of like positional awareness, balance, coordination, strength, connective tissue strength, those sort of things. So for those um, who might not know what artistic gymnastics is, um, give a brief description. And in terms of the training that you did, obviously from a young age, I guess, um, yeah. what you were doing for that and how that's translated into the sort of sports side of CrossFit for gymnastics. Yeah, um, <coughs> artistic gymnastics is effectively what you watch on the Olympics as a part of gymnastics. So it's for the guys, it's floor, pommel, rings, vault, p-bars mm. and high bar. Um, 
So I was like an all-round gymnastics athlete, so I worked on all the apparatus. Um, it was a lot of training, so I was training six days a week, usually like three-hour sessions, and I used to miss Thursday and Friday afternoon off school to Sick. go and train. Um, Sick! Which nice, was yeah. kind of quite cool at the time. The dream. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of work, and it's, it's hard. It's a lot of conditioning, probably a lot more conditioning than people might think. Really? Um, yeah, and then it's obviously a lot of skill work as well. So we'd usually start the session with a reasonably long warm-up and some conditioning work, um, obviously gymnastics-specific conditioning, and then we'd go through maybe three or four apparatus and work on the skill stuff um, over a three-hour period, cool. effectively. How long would the warm-up take in comparison to the actual uh, training session? Probably longer than people think. Yeah. Um, I'd say we probably spent an hour doing the warm-up and the conditioning part to begin with, um, in most cases. Yeah. Um, so you said about uh, doing conditioning there. <clears throat> um, what sort of conditioning pieces would you do? Because that immediately gets me thinking, were you doing sort of similar stuff to CrossFit uh, as, as a youngster without realising it? Like, Yeah, I think it was... So we only ever kind of did the strict stuff. Yeah. To be honest, we didn't do yeah, kipping movements, yeah. obviously. It's kind of a CrossFit thing. Mm. Um, and I'd say, for the obviously for us at the time, it was kind of basic movements, but in a CrossFit standard, they're not basic. So we'll do lots yeah. of presses to handstand, as an example. Right, okay. We do like sets of presses to handstand, yeah. strict muscle-ups, yeah. things like that. So it's, it's some, in some ways, it's relatively similar, um, but just a bit more of an advanced. In terms of how it's scaled for you, that that is the similar sort of thing, getting you a bit out of breath and that sort of like muscular yeah. endurance feeling that yeah. a CrossFitter would get from doing strict muscle-ups and push-ups and uh, sort of like pull-ups and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. you're at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Interesting. So Jack's been going for how long, did you say? Oh, uh, a since year? I think I officially set it up in May last year. Um, okay. So, yeah, coming up relatively close to a year. Right, okay. Now. And you've yeah. got different tiers of programming. Um, what are the tiers and what's the difference between each one of them? Yeah, so um, I'm actually going to, I haven't announced this publicly yet, um, but there's going to be a slight change to some of the programming. Um, so at the moment, I've got a free program, which is just, kind of two sessions a week they're just designed to be good um gymnastic sessions that people can add into their existing stuff if they want to yeah. um so it's nothing too extensive and too high volume or too intense and it's just something they can do in addition or they can replace their gymnastics with those workouts if they want to right okay um so that i just post on instagram and there's a mailing list that people subscribe to and they get those workouts then on kind of the next level up there's what i call the competition plus program um which is a generic program that people follow um, but it's just a bit more extensive. So there's usually five workouts a week, um, usually lasting around 30 minutes because um, obviously people have got to put in all their, their other barbell stuff, etc. Mm, they yeah. need to do for CrossFit as well. Um, and it also includes things like daily mobility routines. So there's usually like 10 to 15 minutes of mobility at the beginning. And we do a lot of prehab stuff um, to like build stronger connected tissue, etc. Um, and there's a lot more focus on skill as well, like skill efficiency, higher skill attainment. And then kind of beyond that, there's the personalized programming. So there's two options for that. There's personalized programming and there's personalized with video coaching. Um, so obviously that's individualized to the person. Mm -hmm. And then if they're the video coaching option, they send in videos and I send mm -hmm. them back technical feedback and cues, etc. That's right. Um, in terms of what to improve on. Cool. And so, I mean, are most of your clients CrossFitters? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd say almost all of them. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, how many of them are, are looking to be competitive and or is there quite a lot who are actually just sort of like looking for that general fitness or is it? I think there's actually quite a lot of them are looking to be competitive. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of a, in some ways it's a bit of a tricky situation because you don't want to, you don't want to delude people. Yeah. But you don't want to 
put, put them down yeah, exactly 100%, and yeah. it's but i think some people get too caught up in being competitive and yeah. kind of a bit more it seems to be a crossfit thing like no one would start doing gymnastics and then expect to go to the olympics 100%. Like but in for some reason crossfit everyone kind of thinks they can start and go to the games it's yeah it's that and thing it, of like a, a brand new client at the gym uh who joins never done any sort of training and they see, yeah they see thrown in on netflix and they're like i yeah. want to go to the games next year and you're like yeah you can't do an air squat like yeah <laughs> but you're 100 right and p people don't start like gymnastics or rugby thinking that they're going to go to the world cup next year they yeah, have exactly. that realism that there's a huge gap and i think it's not until people actually maybe do their first qualifiers or go to their first competition they realize just how high the standard is yeah and they get some perception of reality yeah. Really. Like, yeah. or they do the open <laughs> and they're like 10 minutes behind the top open guys and yeah um, only 30 people are going, yes, yeah, huge sort of misconception. So yeah. are there any fundamental problems you see with wannabe athletes that you want to fix before you go any further? Yeah, I think um, usually people don't have the kind of awareness um, and they also don't have good mobility. I think they're probably the two biggest things. It's like awareness, I mean, um, it might sound a bit surprising, but so if I was to get someone to just lie on the floor in a hollow position, they could mm. find a hollow position easily, like that wouldn't be a problem. But getting them to find it in a dynamic movement, it's like in the sense of a ring muscle up, for mm -hmm. example, yeah. all of a sudden they can't, they yeah. have no awareness of how to find that position mid movement. Mm -hmm. um, and just simple things like keeping their legs straightened together so they can generate more power at the hips. Yeah. People think they generally think they're doing it until they record themselves and watch the video back, they realize that their legs are like, their heels Splay are like, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, so I think there's like a general awareness and that's kind of coordination using more than one body part at the same time as well. So how, um, how do you address that? Like obviously, that basic foundation level is that hollow body on the floor, which everyone does. And then you've got to transfer that over to the bar when they're doing kip and pull-ups or butterfly or whatever it is. How do you how do you make that transition? Where's that link? Yeah, to be honest, it usually, it is a bit dependent on the athlete. Some people just generally pick it up faster <coughs> than others. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things. But usually there's not really a quick route, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so you just need to kind of start at the bottom and then build the way up. And I think that's what people forget as well. Yeah, It's like with the... Let's take a barbell movement as an example. Mm -hmm. If someone has a technically incorrect snatch, yeah. they like most people know that they probably shouldn't be lifting around the one around. They yeah. should bring it back down and fix it first. Mm -hmm. But with gymnastics, they don't. They can do a muscle up, so they think the muscle up's bad. So they just do more muscle ups. Yeah. But they're not addressing the underlying problems so that they don't have the right strict strength, mobility, or the awareness. They don't know the positions, etc. So it's just really bringing it down. And like you might start on the floor in a hollow position. And then add in a dynamic movement, you might start doing hollow rocks. Mm. Then you're starting basic kip swings and you just build your way up. Mm. And then usually you'll find the point where people struggle or start to lose the position. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you know that that's the point you yeah. need to kind of work on an address before you start moving up. Is there um, a point that you can see that constantly throughout athletes is that point? So like uh, usually more like kind of earlier than you might think. So usually just in like a kip swing or a ring swing as yeah. an example, like people really struggle with that stuff. And that kind of that also comes back to mobility as well. Mm. Um, Being like able just to get a, into the positions exactly. That you need them to, yeah. yeah, it's like just a kip swing. No one thinks about mobility. But if yeah. your like thoracic extension or your like, shoulder flexion is terrible, you're not going to be able to open up your shoulders into a good position. Mm. You're not going to be able to utilize a good arch in yeah. the kip. Um, and that's usually when you start being, seeing people bend their legs, etc. Um, so, so give us a, an example of a, an athlete comes to you. Uh, you watch a video of them doing muscle ups, and you immediately identify that they're their kipping is nowhere near tight enough. How would you say over, I don't know, four to six week period, break that down in terms of programming? Is it a case of smaller sets of muscle ups focusing on the quality or is it taking them back to a kip swing on the rings? How would you sort of like structure that? Yeah, I would, I would take it all the way back down, to be honest. Um, so 
it's obviously different areas like it could be their strict strength mm. that they need to develop right so it's, it doesn't matter how good your technique is with the kipping muscle up yeah. um, if you can only do three strict ring dips you're always going to be limited in terms of how many you can do right yeah um, but usually I would just break it down from the beginning um, so again like I might go back down to the floor and just work on hollow and arch position because some people need to condition that position right yeah. if you can't hold a hollow position for 30 seconds you're going to struggle to use it in a dynamic sense anyway yeah um, the other thing is moving between the positions effectively um, so a lot of the gymnastic stuff is actually relatively explosive. Yep. So you need to be able to move, as an example, in a kip swing or a ring swing between yep. a, a hollow and an arch position yeah. relatively quickly. Um, and if you can't do that, it's just going to be too kind of slow and methodical. Mm -hmm. And you see what I mean? It's not... Methodical almost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so it needs to be relatively relatively dynamic. And that's something that most people need to train. Yeah. Right? Like some people pick it up quicker than others, usually like power-dominant athletes that are fast-twitch dominant. Um but especially like the slower twitch guys, they're just generally a bit slower, but moving between the movements, so it mm. takes time to develop it. And then it's, and then I would just go up to the rings and start working on the ring swing. Um, and I'd say that's the biggest thing for kipping muscle ups, as an example. If you can get the ring swing right, you'll easily develop enough power momentum to get you from below to above the rings. Mm. Um, and you'll stop relying on strength so much, which ultimately uses less energy, so it's yeah. more efficient for, for CrossFit. In terms of, um, this is a question I, as a coach, immediately comes to mind when you're taking especially some of the higher level athletes and you're going to them and you're saying yeah your ring muscle ups need work but they've got like 15 16 unbroken muscle ups and they're like no nah, my muscle ups are fine um and you're taking them back to that very basic progressions things that some people maybe think they're above almost do you meet resistance with that sometimes with people or um sometimes it, it's actually usually like the kind of Lower more mid-level guys yeah. yeah or like yeah lower to mid-level that mm. kind of give more pushback i think like generally speaking the top level athletes actually seem to understand it more yeah um and they're kind of more happy to go back and, mm -hmm. and do well, that they, they just want to get better exactly so yeah and i think they understand the process a bit more yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah would you say there's an average or well, a best height for a gymnast sure yeah <laughs> um, what would that be i don't know about a an ideal height but it usually relatively short and gymnasts are a lot lighter than people might think as well i think everyone knows that gymnasts are small but because you see them on the TV at the Olympics, as an example, and they're all, but they're all kind of together and they're all small, so mm. they look a bit, yeah. do you see what I mean? They naturally yeah. look a bit bigger. Mm. So um, how do you deal with a taller athlete um, in CrossFit when you're coaching? How do you deal with them, knowing that they're not going to be at the ideal height? Yeah, it, I mean, the process is still pretty much the same, um, to be honest, but just unfortunately, sometimes it takes a bit longer. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like it exaggerates <clears throat> the problem. So the longer your levers, the longer your levers are, um, if the technique is wrong, it's probably going to exaggerate the problem a bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 um, so sometimes it just takes a bit longer to develop. Um, but again, and it's not, it's not so much, it's not always the weight that's a problem, right? Like kind of very simplistic approach, but bigger muscles are generally stronger muscles. Yeah. Right? Like if you put on lean muscle, yeah. it's not going to make you weaker doing a pull-ups because you're heavier. Yeah. It's going to make you stronger. Yeah, um, when they're fat. Exactly, yeah. Or when they've got really long arms for a handstand push-up as an example like things yeah, like that yeah. make a difference to so the mechanics in terms of their lever length um uh, a question about sort of like programming how do you mix in um things like isometrics um and sort of like holds in the positions how do you mix that into people's programming um as opposed to the, the kipping variations i read your uh, blog uh, your second to last blog about how you sort of phase in the different phases of programming yeah give people like a bit of an idea about how you sort of work that and uh, the different phases you might go through say using the open and the games maybe an athlete who's a regionals athlete maybe hoping to go to the games how you'd how you program um 
their season starting from after the games last year in terms of like building up their gymnastics again? Yeah. Um, so I'd effectively split it into phases. Um, so the, I guess the important thing to realize at the beginning is, although I call them phases, um, I'm not isolating each of these things. They, they overlap and you should mm -hmm. still continue to work on each of the phases in yeah. parallel, but you're just focusing more on one element than another at a given point in time. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is obviously it depends on the athlete in terms of their strengths and weaknesses and what they need to work on in terms of the timelines that you'd spend in each phase. But generally speaking, I would, I would split it into these phases. So the first phase would be effectively like building a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, so I would bring in flexibility and strict strength as a part of this foundation as well. But what I kind of focus on is more like joint stability and connective tissue strength. Because cool. um, they're the things that people tend to neglect. Um, so and what, what sort of stuff would you be doing for that, for someone who has no idea what they're talking about? Yeah, so in terms of connective tissue strength, um, a lot of like weighted mobility exercises cool. um, so that you're learning to control weight over your end range. Because yeah. um, that kind of comes down to the point that it's great that you're flexible if you are. Yeah. Um, and it's great that you can get into a, like a range of motion, but if you can't control weight there, you can't use it in a functional sense. So it's kind of, it's relatively useless. Um, the other thing like joint stability. So again, this comes down to the difference between CrossFit gymnastics and artistic gymnastics. In artistic gymnastics, everything is pretty much straight arm. Um, in CrossFit gymnastics, everything's pretty much bent arm, and you don't do yeah, and you don't do a lot of isometric holds as an example. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with that is you don't really develop joint stability, right? right? Particularly with the kipping movements, you're not yeah. going to develop any joint stability doing kipping pull-ups, butterfly pull-ups, and if anything, it's going to wear your joints down. It's yeah. going to take take toll on your tendons, etc. Um, so you need to spend time like working on that and building a foundation ready for when you start adding that in later in the year. Mm -hmm. um, just if anything for injury prevention. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of, like we said, there's a lot of big guys and you get yeah. very prone to tendonitis, yeah. things like that, um, especially because they're not used to it. So there's big guys that don't have any background in gymnastics or moving their body weight. But they're strong um, enough to do kipping pull-ups. So they jump exactly, into doing yeah, hundreds of exactly. kipping pull-ups and suddenly they've got elbows. Yeah. Rotators. And it's like yeah. mus muscular tissue develops much faster than connective tissue. Yeah. Right? So that kind of exaggerates the problem even more yeah. um, because the muscles continue to develop and the tendons and ligaments haven't caught up behind. yet. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of the phase one is what I call like building a foundation. Yep. Um, phase two would then be higher skill attainment. So obviously in CrossFit, they're always, they're continuously progressing. So yeah. even if it's skills that haven't come up yet, you want to stay a bit ahead of the game because yeah. it's just a natural process of them bringing higher skills in and then it will just start funneling down towards yeah. regionals in the open ultimately. Um, so it's important to do. And it also continues to develop that awareness that we were talking about and coordination and challenging your balance, etc. So I think that's a good thing to do. The second part of that phase would be skill efficiency. So that's when we go back and like we we're saying about the muscle ups, you might break it down and work on the ring swing mm -hmm. as an example um, to make their, their movements and skills more technically sound because then ultimately they're going to use this energy and that makes it more efficient so they yeah. can effectively do, do more reps. Um, phase three would then be focusing on maximal strength. Um, so this isn't as important in CrossFit or at least CrossFit gymnastics than people might think. Um, for the simple reason that it tends to be low skill and high rep movements, mm -hmm. right, which is more muscular endurance. Mm. Um, but you still need maximal strength because that kind of works as the foundation for endurance. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously a very simplistic way of looking at it, but let's take a squat as an example just because it's easier to be able to understand and then we'll use it in a gymnastic sense. Mm. If you can do a two, 200 kilo back squat, even if you haven't changed any muscular endurance in terms of your squatting, 
but you're still going to be able to do 20 reps at yeah. a high yeah. amount, right? So it's yeah. even though you're not training muscular endurance, it still carries across and acts as a foundation. Um, so like in a gymnastic sense, that might be weighted pull-ups, like yeah. a five RM weighted pull-up yeah. or weighted dip, as an example. Yeah, if you've got 20 kilo five RM max weighted dip, it's going to be easier to do 10 dips. Exactly. Than yeah. Body weight. Yeah. Exactly. Generally um, speaking. Yeah. 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 And then the next phase would be muscular endurance. <laughs> so again, although you need the stages before to kind of act as a foundation for this part, this is probably arguably the most important part of CrossFit. Mm. Um, just, or at least CrossFit gymnastics, because yeah. it's low skill, high, high rep, rep movements, yeah. exactly. Um, and if the problem with muscular fatigue is like once it goes, especially if it's not a big group, muscle group, mm -hmm. then you're yeah. done. Yeah. Like you're really out of the workout yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, so that's arguably the most important part. In terms of developing that, um, like really what you want to be doing is working and resting for the same period of time or ideally resting for less mm -hmm. than you're working yeah. um, just so your bodies and muscles get used to recovering quick enough to go again yeah um, and how would you be structuring that in terms of I don't know say we're working on handstand push-ups and you can do 40 unbroken kipping handstand push-ups how are you going to develop that so you can do 50 60 using unbroken as the measure of like yeah. your muscular endurance that's a good measure yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, it depends on the number um, of your max unbroken sets. If we use that as an example yep. with the 40 reps, it's kind of on the higher end. Mm. Um, so like a cycle that, just to give you an example, a cycle that I've used quite a lot is you do five sets um, at 40, 50, 60%, okay, and then cool. two at 40%. Okay. Um, and usually you start every two minutes. And then each week, you'll either add a rep or two to each set, mm. or you'll decrease the, the rest period down to 90 seconds a minute. Yep. Etc. So you're effectively just it's like progressive overload. You're yeah. just reducing the time. Just a the, basic the, linear exactly. progression. Yeah, like exactly. A back, um, like a back squat progression. But yeah. For endurance. And the only other thing I, w I, I do usually is the sixty percent set. I make that a plus set. Um, okay. So similar to you know like Wendler five three one. Yeah. It's a plus set. Exactly yeah. the same principle. So if you're having a good day, you want it to be progressive. But if you're having a good day, you should max. utilize it. You should yeah. push yeah. to a max. Yeah. Um, and that might not be a true max but it might be to a technical max or maybe one or two reps before complete failure. Yeah. Um, and then obviously if you're having a bad day, you still got your 60% target that you should be able to hit. Awesome. Um, so that's like a, for a bigger set. If it's a smaller max set, maybe kind of between 10 and 20 reps, yeah. then I would go with something like an EMOM. So you go with a, a 10 minute EMOM of around 25% of your max. Yeah. Um, but then again, similar, similar progression. So you just slightly reduce the time or Building add a rep each week, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So backtracking to uh, a couple of minutes ago when you said you want to keep one step ahead of the game in yeah. terms of um, high level mo higher level movements, what movements have you been implementing that are different to a standard CrossFit program? Yeah. I think like the biggest one um, that I work on a lot is freestanding handstand holds. Yeah. Um, because like one, there's no reason that it couldn't come up. Like I think at some point CrossFit are gonna get bored with just people walking forwards on their hands because they've mm -hmm. done it a lot now, most people can do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're gonna do something different, whether it's a freestanding handstand hold or walking in different directions, wherever obstacles, I don't know what it'll be, but mm -hmm. I think it'll be something like that. Um, the other thing is that I, I would recommend that people learn to do a freestanding handstand hold anyway before they try and start walking, to be honest. It's, like, it's kind of like taking a step back and it might be a bit frustrating because it'll take longer. Um, but just to give an example, so like as a gymnast, we never did walking on our hands. Or like you get penalized in gymnastics if you take a step. So all we ever did was freestanding handstand with no movement. Yeah. Um, yeah, like any high level gymnast will be able to walk in different directions Easy. over obstacles yeah. and exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's because you 
just by walking forward, you don't develop that same like awareness and balance that you do from a freestanding handstand hold. It's, it's you're effectively kind of falling the whole time, yeah. and you're just walking yeah. to stay on your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so that's something I would recommend people do anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that I focus on a lot. Um, and then on the rings, just kind of still basic movements, but something a bit outside of the CrossFit realm, like forward rolls, backward rolls, um, those kind of movements. So you've been out in Europe doing seminars. Um, are these principles or, and movements some of the things you've been bringing to the seminars and to the higher level athletes? Yeah, so we, um, not so much in the seminars actually. Right. Um, well, it kind of depends on the dynamics and the receptiveness of the group and their, their level, so to speak, or their group level. Um, usually the seminars, so they, they usually run for three days and they're quite intensive, so we have three sessions a day. Um, over that three-day period um, and we go through to begin with like a relatively long warm-up which we don't do every day but just to give people an idea of different movements and things they can do in their, their own time and mm -hmm. people have kind of individual things that they take away they know they need to work on mm -hmm. um, we go through ring muscle-ups we go through a foundational session so that's when we go through some of the joint stability exercises and the connected tissue exercises and we go through bar muscle-ups we do a handstand session where we do freestanding handstands. We go through kind of basic progression from the beginning and work our way up to a, a freestanding handstand effectively. Um, and then we have a CrossFit session. So, cause that's obviously the, the next phase is you need to build your capacity and keeping movements. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what CrossFit is. Yeah. Um, so we focus on that as well. Sweet. How have you found that um, sort of breaking into Europe and uh, sort of finding the market there? Obviously you started off in CM2 only sort of like eight, nine months ago. Uh, and it's, as you said, like it's blown up. Like you've got loads of followers on Instagram. You're working with some higher level athletes. How's that sort of all come about from like more of a business night sort of point of view? Yeah, it's been, it's kind of interesting because like I said before, it's it's grown a lot quicker than I, I ever imagined it would, to be honest, yeah. um, which is really nice. But um, so I'm actually still, the other thing is I'm, I'm still technically employed by the bank. So I'm, <laughs> really? I'm, on a, I'm on a six month sabbatical that I took <laughs> at the beginning of this year. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, obviously I'm hoping that it continues to grow and that I continue to enjoy it so I don't have to go back, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, but it's, it's been really good. And I think, um, so when I, so I think it was June last year, I went out to Berlin um, with a guy, there's a weightlifting coach, Eric from Weightlifting 101. Most yeah. people probably know who he yeah, is. Yeah. Um, so he was doing a camp there with some um, some high-level athletes. So like Lucas Esslinger was mm -hmm. there as an example. Um, so I went out in June to do some gymnastics work with some of those athletes. Um, and that's kind of when it started. So then at that point, I started working closer with them, mm. um, writing programming for them and doing one-to-one -one coaching. Yeah. Um, and then to be honest, since then, I don't know if I've got a bit lucky or what, I don't know, but I've just kind of had a few emails and things just based on what people have seen on social media, like, other games athletes and yeah. regions athletes that have just been interested so i think it's just kind of i don't know organic growth maybe but yeah um, yeah, yeah i think the big thing is there's not actually that much out there specifically for no, gymnastics for CrossFit. i don't think so yeah um i know you, you have sort of like power monkey and stuff in uh, yeah, the u.s in states yeah in europe there's nothing yeah. really it's a massive hole in the market uh or it was until you started up so and then once you get that sort of like first couple of high level athletes who people see are doing well word spreads very quickly it's actually a very small world isn't it really yeah um, yeah that's awesome that's cool do you enjoy working with the higher level athletes more than you do with the, the beginners and the the general population um, not necessarily to be honest I think I have actually thought about this and I don't think it for me it really doesn't matter the level of athlete it's just usually the type of person that you work with yeah, yeah. in all honesty yeah. it's like if you if they're an awkward person and they don't doesn't matter really if they're high level or not. Yeah. So um, you're going to stay 
kind of catering for all levels. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I've kind of like to begin with. I was actually I'd say I was working more with the high level competitive group, but now I've been running more of the seminars. You obviously it brings this naturally it brings the standard down a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's been nice as well. It kind of gives you a good broad scheme of teaching different people at all different levels so it's a good experience i think it's well. good for, for them yeah. as well that yeah. there's actually something accessible for you as joe blogs who goes down to yeah. their crossfit box which i think is also good with as you mentioned eric from 101 he pretty much does the same i think that he's got a lower tiered uh seminar and a high level competing athlete seminar yeah I think exactly it's, it's, yeah it's a great thing to do well yeah i think we sort of cover quite a lot most yeah some good info there um, when you uh, like, where can people contact you? Obviously, um, any upcoming seminars or anything you want to sort of like talk about? Um, yeah, so obviously social media. So on Instagram, it's just Jack Gymnastics. Um, a lot of the stuff gets posted on there. Um, there's a website as well, just jackgymnastics.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put all the details of the upcoming seminars yeah. um, on the website, and there's also the details of the programming, etc., on there. Which we're making a few changes, probably the beginning of April. Sweet. I mentioned earlier um, that will be coming out soon. So, um, are there going to be any UK seminars? I know you work mainly in the continent, but yeah, I think that there will be, and I want to do more of them. It's like it's kind of strange how in that the in the continent. <laughs> <laughs> He's right in there in that continent, right. on, we, on top of the continent. Or would you? How would you say it then? On the continent. Right. Sorry, that tickled me. In Europe, <laughs> sweat. <laughs> Oh, every episode we do, something out. comes up where I'll get the piss taken out of me. What was, what was the last one? No, no, it was a man's man. That was oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a man's man. He is, I'm a man's man. But anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, any in the UK? Um, yeah, so I, it's kind of weird how it panned out. So I think um, probably because I've been working with some of the high-level athletes outside of the UK. That's mm. probably why it worked out that way. But I haven't done many in the UK at the moment. So I've been travelling, which is which is nice as well, but I would like to do more in the UK. Um, and I think I'll do it because it's close to home. It means I can do more single day stuff as well, yeah. um, which yeah. will be good. Any countries at the top of your list that you want to visit to do some more? Oh, good question. Um, Have you done any in the US? I would, yeah, I would like to do that, I think, at some point. Um, yeah. I would like to, obviously, it's a long way to go, so I'd like to be able to maybe set up a few in a row and do yeah. a, a small trip around the US, something yeah. like that. Have you um, got any, any be great. Um, clients in the US, any athletes that you um, for? So I work with Jen Smith. Okay, um, cool. So she's been to the games a few times. Yeah. Um, so, which is nice. I did some work with her recently as well because she came over to Switzerland. Yeah. Which is good because obviously US is a bit far to yeah, get yeah. out yeah. to coach. Um, so for someone that level, we were wrapping up, but for someone that level, like, what sort of stuff are you doing with, with Jen? Like, if you don't mind me saying. No, it's fine. So when we, when she came over, so we only had time to do two sessions because I was running a, a seminar. Um, it was still in Switzerland, but in Bern, and they're in, in Zurich. So I just kind of ran a session as I was going out and then come back again. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get t- time to do too much stuff, but we did a session on bar muscle ups. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one thing that she struggles with a lot, especially when she's like under fatigue and her heart rate's higher. Yeah. It kind of wasn't a natural thing, not just her. Yeah. Kind of the technique starts to go out the window. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously you need to get it perfect in practice, but then you need to train to keep it mm. when your heart rate's high as well. So, yeah. which is when you can start introducing things like the assault bike, yeah. for example, just to get your heart rate up a bit. Yeah. Um, but we like similar things. So with a bar muscle up, I always try to get people to learn a glide kip um, first, mm-hmm. or some people call it an upstart. So I don't really know how I would explain that for the people that don't know what it is. Um, it's kind of like an advanced version of a kipping bar muscle up, sort mm-hmm. of. So you start behind the bar, yeah. jump back, and you glide out forward, and then you'll bring your feet up higher towards the bar and pull around with straight arms. It ends up with you more sort sense. of um, 
horizontal under the bar. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's your more feet of a swing. Almost come up a little yeah. bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people can search it. Yeah, they Google. can search it. Yeah. Um, so I tried to get people to learn that first, just because it's. So when I came to CrossFit and started doing it myself, obviously I hadn't done kipping bar muscles before because it's just not something you do in gymnastics. Mm. Um, but I kind of realised quickly that it's actually relatively similar to this glide kip. You're effectively just shortening the swing yeah. and making it more of a kip and not bringing your feet so high. Yeah. But it's still like a straight arm pulling movement. Yeah. Right, like the bar's fixed in place. You can't, if you bend your arms in early, you're just gonna pull your chest to the bar and you yeah. can't get over the bar. So you need to pull yourself with straight arms around the bar to get on top. Um, and that's also the most efficient way of doing it. So I try to get people to learn this glide kip first so they learn the mechanics. And then once they've done that, then it's easy to shorten the swing. Yeah. Um, and that makes it more CrossFit specific because you obviously don't want a big swing because it takes a lot of time. Find as well. that easy to implement. Um, yeah, usually pretty easy. I do that on the seminars a lot. Yeah. Um, obviously, some people struggle a bit because there's still an element of straight arm pulling, and like especially some of the girls, like they don't usually have as much straight arm pulling strength. Yeah. Um, but that works fine. Like I can kind of like coach them and give them some support through the movement as well, just so they can feel it. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time after the camp, they just practice it a few times and go through the drills again, and then they actually pick it up pretty easily, which is nice. So you worked um, on. Uh, so yeah, so with Jen, sorry, I've kind of gone way off. No, um, I was interested to see um, whether you have spoken to her since 17.2 and whether she sort of noticed any difference in her bar muscle-ups. I don't know, specific to that workout, actually. Yeah. Um, I think we made we made a lot of good changes one-to-one. -one. I think sure. that's different people work in different ways, I guess. Some yeah. people are good with sending videos and getting written feedback. Um, but like with Jen, I don't think that works so well. Um, not that anything of her fault it's just one of those things some people yeah, work in different ways right yeah, and i think the one-to-one -one coaching helped a lot um, in terms of getting the technique better yeah um but yeah so we just worked through the glide kip and then we worked through some drills to shorten the, the swing and mm. then into the bar muscle ups and then we did that example i gave of the work under high heart rate so we used the assault bike mm. um so you're not fatiguing muscles really at that point because yeah. then that starts to become even more difficult but yeah. we're just bringing the heart rate up to get used to so keeping the breath. technique that we practiced yeah. in a workout sense um and the second session, we, we went through the handstand mm. stuff that I mentioned. Um, so we just, again, like kind of worked through the basics. So we, we did some wrist exercises, some wrist mobility and conditioning exercises, um, which is probably actually a good thing to mention because people, people forget about that stuff, especially mm. with handstands. Like if your wrists can't get into a good position and they're not conditioned enough to control your weight, like there's no way you're going to be able to stabilize at the top of a handstand. Yeah. Um, but no one does any when no you see people do wrist mobility and conditioning no. uh, exercises barely do so. mobility in general exactly yeah um so that makes a big difference so we kind of just build from scratch we go through the wrists make sure mobility is okay again it's like shoulder flexion and mm. thoracic extension so you can get into a good position um and then just work through the progression so we get a progression perfect and then move to the next the next stage and just build to that freestanding handstand hold sweet Awesome. That's a good nice. little insight into yeah. sort of working with her, because obviously that level, that level is really like specific things. Like, yeah, I'm not great at bar muscle ups, and that's gonna fuck up her like yeah. games. Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas like lower level athletes is like, I need to work on my gymnastics. But the higher level you get, the more mm. specific it is. It's like, yeah, my muscle ups are poor, and I fatigue early in my toes to bar, like things like that. Whereas my chest to bars are really strong and really being specific with that is an interesting insight yep. into how you sort of work with a higher level athlete yeah yeah right cool mate really appreciate you coming on yeah awesome. cheers. thank you for having so me so it's um instagram at at jack, jack gymnastics. gymnastics yeah um and the website is just jackgymnastics.com sweet wicked so yeah awesome. check that out and uh we'll see you in episode four cheers sick <laughs> 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 <laughs>
sitting in the <laughs> 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 well, at least my man knows what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>